0: Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 167, The Song of Moses, Crescendo. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. And welcome once again to Bible Mysteries podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell.
1: I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And it's a whole new year
0: of Bible mysteries. It is
1: happy New Year, everybody. happy
0: New Year to you. Did you think we'd make it to 2024?
1: I was hoping not. Yeah, I mean, but, too. but here we are.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> let's just hope that uh, the Rapture will be this year. Yeah. yeah the fact that we're still here means it hasn't happened yet. So. Let's hope that maybe it will. I think we're close. Uh, it,
1: but the signs are pointing that way, but I've been hearing that my entire life. So you, you, And we can't know the day or the time or whatever the verse is. You know what it is.
0: <laughs> you know, th- what's so funny about that is people always quote that, and it's not in relation to the rapture. Really? Yeah, no, no one knows the day or the hour of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay. But the rapture, I, I'm not saying I know the day because I don't, uh-huh. but nothing was said about we cannot know the day. So yeah, so that's people nuggets to chew on yeah, so people that claim you can't know the date of the rapture that's not true. he never said he wouldn't know because that's his glorious appearing when he comes to take us out, but that's not when he returns to the to the earth when he said in matthew twenty four of that day knoweth no man, hmm. no not even the the son, but only the father so uh now you can deduce from that that if well, if you can't figure out the day of a second coming then uh, you can't figure out the rapture because if you can figure out the day of the rapture, then seven years later. But you don't know the day or the hour of a second coming, even if you could tie it to seven years. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that uh, it's okay to to try to figure out the timing of the rapture. There's a guy named um, Dr. Barry Awe that has a YouTube channel that he's always trying to figure out. He looks through feast days and stuff, uh-huh. and he's pretty good at it. He's been wrong <laughs> plenty uh, so, uh, but I don't fault him for that because Has he nailed
1: a day, another day.
0: He comes up with ideas. Yeah, you can go watch his channel.
1: So the true test of a human being and their character then is knowing when the rapture is, right? Because let's say it's <laughs> let's say it's in ninety days, right? And we nailed the day. Do you spend the next ninety days going around trying to convert other people, or do you spend the next ninety days partying like a rock star <laughs> because you know you're at? Like here? it's nineteen ninety nine.
0: Well, you bring up a good point, John, which is in reality, if you think about it, you know, God has given all of us gifts and Uh resources and whatever. And if we're truly believers, how we live our lives and what we do with his gifts and resources Uh is a testament to what it really means to us. So frankly, you know, I think a lot of us probably are falling short in what we could be doing uh, because if we truly believe that the rapture is imminent, and we truly want people to be saved, we would be devoting our time and talents and gifts to making that happen. And I don't say that's the pastor in me coming out. You know? I don't say that. I feel terrible. now. I I got three fingers pointing back at me right when I point a finger out because, and and you could say, well, yeah, but you're doing a podcast, but yeah, but I mean, that's that's just one thing, you know. Uh, we all have different gifts. We all yep. have different abilities, and um, you know, and a good you you are talking about a good litmus test of how people <laughs> will react. Like, if I won the lottery tomorrow, would I uh, move to Fiji <laughs> and buy a house and a boat, or would I take that and and try to make sure that somehow the, the gospel gets out? And I think mm-hmm. that's where we we all face that idea that if only I could, and it's kind of like, well, what if what about the resources the Lord gave you right now? You know, mm-hmm. what can you do with your yeah. testimony? You have a mouth, you have a voice, and oh, I'm not good at public speaking. Okay, well, then fund somebody who is, or write a book, or yeah, go you help know, the needy. Or start a podcast, and yeah. you don't have to face an audience yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. you read the comments. <laughs> unless
1: that's what I signed up for. And then the next thing I know, Scott was like, hey, we're going to do a big conference in front of 100 yeah. people. Ready? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll turn you into a public speaker yet, John.
1: Oh, I've done public speaking. It's just for the wrong things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's where you got your practice. That's where the gift came from. Mm-hmm. And God was preparing you for the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're glad you're here. And we're happy that if, if the Lord is going to tarry, we've got another opportunity to extend his grace and the message of truth. And so we're going to hope to do that and continue to talk about the Song of Moses. But first... Let's thank our newest seekers. Let's do those.
1: Thank the people or the folks out there that are uh supporting this ministry, which is truly what it is. So our newest premium subscribers or seekers are William M, Matthew N, Jeanette O, Denise K, and Kelly T. Amen. Who all uh started supporting the, the ministry in June of twenty twenty three. I like the way you said that.
0: Yeah, I like the way you said that. They started supporting the ministry in June of 2023. That's really what you're doing.
1: I think we need to emphasize that. Yeah, when
0: you subscribe, you are supporting a ministry. It's a podcast. It's meant for entertainment. And as those of you that have been listening any length of time know, we're trying to use these things in the Bible that are fascinating topics to discuss, Mm -hmm. to draw people in. But my aim is always twofold, that when they hear this, they'll go, really, that's in the Bible? I want to dig deeper. Absolutely. And then secondly, is if somebody is not saved and has a personal relationship with the Lord, we want them to see that. And my other ministry, Unlock the Bible Now, is focused more on that type of exhortation, preaching and teaching. But ultimately, this to me is sort of like the, the candy to uh, you know, attract the kids to the front of the store you know, mm-hmm. and, in the hopes that they might uh, be interested in, in the deeper things of God. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fulfilling, uh, fulfilling the twofold will of God, which is that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Sure. So that's what we're trying to accomplish here. Therefore, we thank you seekers and all of you that donate, that pray for us, that uh, spread the news about us and try to encourage others to listen to us. It's because of you that we can reach other people. I
1: think you're talking about things, though, that people are really hungry to find out about. Yeah. That they don't hear about church because that was my personal experience, right? Right. It was a point where I was like, I don't even want to go to church anymore because I'm tired of being told that I need to be a good guy, which I already know and I've already messed that up, right? Yeah, right. I've already failed. That's a daily struggle for me, right? But I was like, okay, let's talk about some other weird stuff that's going on. Like, why are there, uh, is the government telling us that, yes, we actually do have an alien or yeah. spacecraft. You know, what is going on? What What about prophecy? What does all these current events mean? And things like that. You don't hear about it in church. You don't. Nobody talks about it.
0: They don't want to touch it. It's like the third rail. And, and uh, mm-hmm. even, you know... What we're talking about right now, I, I could ask the question, I know the answer, but did you ever hear anybody talk about the song of Moses in church? I didn't even know what it growing was. Growing up? No. Me neither. You know. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, I think one of the reasons why it, it dances around the third rail you know, that nobody ever talks about, which is Israel. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to discuss anything and even though we're not directly trying to say yay or nay about the modern Israel I've expressed my opinions about it yeah. there's a war going on there's persecution and of Palestinians and there's the the uh, uh, extermination I think of some people mm-hmm. uh and there's bad guys on on Hamas that are uh, acting against the people Absolutely. of Israel so there's there's wickedness going around enough to spare you know but when you want to call out as best you can the truth of what's going on and you offend people because you're not towing the line, you're not carrying the weight of the narrative, or you're going against what we believe everybody must think this way, then you know you're doing something But you're
1: challenging the thought process or the dialogue right now that we are Christians, we should be supporting Israel, and you're saying, hey... Tap the brakes. Think, yeah. think about what you're talking. Or as Joe Biden says, think about what you
0: think about, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's, Does he even know what he's saying? <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Think about what you think about. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> think about what you're talking about if you're a Christian and you're going out talking to all your friends and family and everything and you don't really have a, the information.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's It's like... We tend to have a knee-jerk reaction, emotional response, mm-hmm. which is visceral, and it's not intellectual. And I'm not saying I claim no special ability to be intellectual at all. I am. I am a. Believe me, I am You're pretty not, average. You know? I'm I'm as average as the day is long. Uh, but I will tell you that um, it took a long time for me to get to the point where I have to consider things prayerfully before I just jump right in. Mm-hmm. And and don't yeah. pray expecting that. God's going to bless the thoughts you already have in your head. Yeah, you know. In other words, challenge everything. Measure it against the Word of God. Be a Berean. You know, mm-hmm. compare Scripture with Scripture. That's what we're trying to do. When you, when, I laughed when you made the statement about you don't know what you don't know or what. Did, what did think you about say, what you think about. Think about what you think about. Those kind of inane comments are constantly coming out of political leaders. <laughs> one, one of the morons that ran for president a few years back was. I think it was Eric Swalwell that said, I could be bold without the bold. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it ruined his campaign because it, it appeared so stupid. He was already stupid anyway, but he just let the cat out of the bag and everybody realized he was a moron,
1: you know? Well, so, so you mentioned his name. How, why is this guy still in Congress? He's like a frat boy. Well, hold on. He, <laughs> he had an affair with a Chinese spy. I know. And then they put him on the Intelligence Committee. Which is a
0: contradiction in terms.
1: <laughs> so that's like uh, Satan just putting it right back in our face saying, look, I'll do what I want. Yes,
0: and that's how the satanic global elites operate. They 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 mm-hmm. wave it in our faces. We are getting away with this, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And we, we are going to say that we're going to find the most stupid, inane, foolish, compromised people in the world, and we're <laughs> going to put them in charge of you. Mm-hmm. Just to show you that we can do what we want. But what they don't realize is God says, I have the last word. Yeah, I set up kings. I take down kingdoms. And uh, it is very possible that we might be seeing the taking down of a nation. We're certainly seeing With the, the United taking down. States. Uh, absolutely. But ah, others, too. Phew, others, know. too. You know, the West, Western civilization is <clears throat> being destroyed as we speak. Mm-hmm. With that happy thought in mind, happy New Year!
1: <laughs> happy New Year! It's all crumbling around you. <laughs> it is.
0: Well, we're going to continue with the song of Moses. This is our third part called Crescendo, where the okay. where the the song comes to a, a a sort of a climax of of action and events. And we've been discussing these things. We've had a breakthrough Christmas, and you know, to give our families a chance to us to spend some time with our families, but. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32, John, God gave Moses a song to sing to the children of Israel to let them know, I did all this and you turned against me and this therefore here's what's going to happen to you. Okay. So we're going through verse by verse and we're now in verse 13 where he's still saying, I did this for you. you know, all the things that he did for Israel. And he says, he made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine, kine as cattle, and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. And all of this is intended to be, I blessed you bountifully in the land. Mm -hmm. I brought you to the land, I protected you, delivered you from bondage, gave you all this. What stood out to me in this blessing, in this Reminder of what God did for Israel before they turn against him is this reference to Bashan. Now, do you remember when we studied the giant King Og of Bashan? Yes. He was like the the, the bed was 13 feet long Mm -hmm. or something like that, Iron Bed said. So he was a giant. And here I think Israel is being reminded that the Lord gave them a land filled with giants, which they conquered through him. So you were talking about, you know, uh, people not hearing things in church today. They're not talking about mm-hmm. Israel, the third rail. They're not talking about UFOs or whatever. And another thing growing up, if, if we'd spent any time in churches or Sunday school or whatever, who knew that the conquest of Canaan through the children of Israel was a conquest of a land of giants? Yeah. They never told me that. I, was, I, didn't, I mean, you read about Goliath and David, and you thought, yeah, well, there's this one big guy. But there were giants everywhere. And By the way, he wasn't that big. I think he was like a- eight feet.
1: Well, I mean, compared to like this guy, oh
0: yeah, King Og, King Og of Bashan, yeah, yeah. So and and so Bashan is interesting because that was originally a kingdom of a giant, yeah, Og of Bashan. Mm-hmm. Bashan is mentioned over and over and over again in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Christ even says, you know, when he's on the cross in the Psalms, there's a prophecy of him on the cross saying, "Strong bulls have gaped about me; the bulls of Bashan." Hmm. He's talking about it was it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were against him and wanted him crucified. Mm-hmm. So there he is on the cross and they're laughing at him, saying, he said he was the son of God, let him deliver him himself. And that he, he calls them the bulls of Bashan. They're demon-possessed by the spirit of the Nephilim yeah. and the Rephaim. It's the same reference. And so Bashan comes up again, and at some point when the Lord does return and he destroys the bulls of Bashan, they're present again in the end mm. times. I think That's they're present now. They're running these nations. The bulls of Bashan. You know. So you're saying
1: it's the same spirits of the Nephilim yeah. that are just inhabiting different Well, so King Og, mm-hmm. he was a Nephilim. I believe so. He was a giant. Was he
0: wiped out in the flood? No, no he, he would was have been after, post-flood. So Raphael, so Raphael, Raphael. If you want. but but by extension, yeah. ancestry, yeah. it's Nephilim. Yeah. Because we, we've already decided that. Uh, there appears to have been uh, other incursions than the one in Genesis 6. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could talk about other possibilities of how they survived the flood. I mean, there's theories. Some people say there, there was a small group that survived the flood. I don't buy that. Ham's, Ham's wife. Ham's wife. could yeah. be. Uh, the, Ryan's got an idea. Ryan Peterson has an idea yeah. about that, uh, the lineage coming through there. And it's credible. I mean, there's all these <laughs> yeah. things are good ideas. But I think a simple reading of the text, at least you can't ignore the idea, which is where I return to, that they were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, mm-hmm. when the sons of God came to take the daughters of men. So there could have been another incursion, or a second incursion, or more than one incursion. Which
1: a great book on that is L. A. Julie has a book called Countermove, which is right here. Yeah, absolutely. Which is along
0: with Ryan Books, Ryan's Books too, Ryan's by the book way. Too, yeah. Yeah. Well, so,
1: those those will present you both um, ideas there, right? right? Whether there was a second incursion or whether it came through the ark. Yeah. I've taken the opinion it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't really matter because we just know that they were here. They were there. So, yeah. however they got there, yeah.
0: uh, they were satanic. <laughs> they had an agenda. They were destroyed by the Lord. And so, you know, one of the things that people, let's say Christians that are pro Zion, mm-hmm. they what they get wrong is they're saying, "Well, God used the children of Israel to wipe out all the people in the land of Israel to give them their land. It's their land." So how is it any different when they kill all these Palestinians? They're just animals. They should be, they should be killed, yeah. which is totally un like to say. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about that that's reflective of the love of Christ. Yeah. But what they don't understand is because it's, the Palestinians are not giants. Yeah. This is not the conquest of giants that were Nephilim hybrids. Yeah. These are human beings that are both Christian and Islamic and, and whatever in Palestine. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're bombing Christian hospitals. You're, you're, they're killing me indiscriminately. Yeah. That is not led by God. That is not God protecting them. Yeah. That is something else. That is the spirit of, of the dragon pushing to harm yeah. other people. I don't care what nation it is and who they're attacking. Ukraine, same thing. You know, Zelensky is a demonic entity, and mm-hmm. he's attacking these people... Uh, and, of course, we blame Russia for all that. And I, I'm not apologizing for Russia either. They're, they're just another yeah. wicked nation. But what they're doing is defending their Russian-speaking people in the eastern part of Ukraine. And mm-hmm. it, as a result of a coup that was started by the CIA. So don't tell me that was just Russia invaded Crimea. That did not start this thing. You look to Victoria Nuland and the Project for a New American Century and, and all those wicked individuals that promoted this coup mm-hmm. of, uh, in Ukraine all the way back to 2014. So I, I get mm. angry when I think about this stuff mm. because it's all propaganda lies that we're being told. Well, I believe
1: that. I yeah. just I don't know anything about what you were talking about. I'm yeah. sitting here going, I need to <laughs> I can look at all this stuff. But well, I do agree with you. It is propaganda lies. I do
0: a lot of studying to try to get to the heart of the matter because I know yeah. what the media presents is not true. Yeah. And then I go look in the scriptures and I try to find justification for it. So I'm not saying I get it right all the time. It but drives I, me
1: crazy when I see people <laughs> flying these Ukrainian flags. and I, yeah. Not because... <clears throat> I don't care one way or the other, honestly. But other than I just look at it and I go, man, they're just believing a lie.
0: Well, they're believing a lie, and how many people have to be killed? You yeah, know, they're recruiting everybody, you know, the best and the brightest in Ukraine. I, you know what? If you love Ukraine, you'd want the war to stop. You'd want a ceasefire. Yeah. You NATO would come to the table and negotiate a ceasefire. They won't do it. They keep giving them weapons. Why? Because they're murderous cypress uh, yeah. vipers. Excuse me, serpents vipers. I couldn't get the word right. So anyway, uh, that's what I, and this always comes back to Luke chapter 4 when the devil said to Christ, all these kingdoms are mine and to whomsoever I will, I give it. That mm-hmm. was delivered unto him. Your na- There is not a political solution and your vote will not change the satanic global elites. You're just going to change the face up front. You're not going to change the man behind the curtain. That's, that's the truth. And mm-hmm. cognitive dissonance will not allow us to accept that any more than it will allow Christians to accept the truth about Israel that there's more to it than so just they're to, God's
1: people and he's defending them. And you need to spend more time
0: studying your Bible and talking to people than stop worrying about all this political yeah, garbage. Exactly, which kind of gets back to that thing about resources that I was talking about earlier, that you know, if we truly believe these things, we would be doing more to get people to see the truth. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I went off on my soapbox. I'm going to get back to my subject <laughs> in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 15. Now the tables turn. So okay. God reminded him, I did all this. But then he says, but Jeshurun waxed fat. And Jeshurun is now the name of Israel, and it's being used in a in a, uh, like a sarcastic sense. Jeshurun means fruitful. Okay. So I gave you all the fruits of the field, and you, you were filled with plenty. So you got fat. And he doesn't mean obese. He means you, you were filled with uh, riches, and you, you, mm-hmm. you grew great. Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Wax means to grow. Uh, okay. An easy way to remember that is, you know, there's stages of the moon. you got the full moon, the half moon, the new moon, mm-hmm. crescent moon. There's some in-between phases. Are you familiar with the waxing and the waning gibbous? No. Yeah, it's an astronomical <laughs> term. Okay. Yeah, I, I am not an astronomer, believe me, but uh, I just I've read it. And so when it's growing between a half moon and a full moon, it's a waxing gibbous. Okay. It's growing to the bigger size. And when it's been a full moon and it's now on its way to the other side of the half moon, it's a, it's waning, waning, moon? Gibbous, okay. a waning gibbous, which means diminishing. So waxing is increasing, waning is diminishing. Hmm. Thou art increased fat, thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. And boy, that's in the head too, you know. Mm-hmm. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook... God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. That's the second time the rock is mentioned in the Song yeah. of Moses. Hmm. And it's interesting that when we started our series, and we read in Revelation 15 about the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb, mm-hmm. yeah. another connection yeah. is the Song of Moses was pointing to the Lamb through the rock the whole time. Okay, And they forsook it. And lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. Meaning Israel, Jeshurun, Mm -hmm. provoked God to anger. Uh, They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. And I dare say that is true of Israel today. Hmm. Like I said, they the um the one that the religious the excuse me the political secular leadership of Israel okay. the, the power behind them is satan okay and um the very you know symbolism will be the undoing of the satanic elites right well the mm-hmm. very symbol of Israel is the star yeah six pointed star of david six hmm. Hmm. you know the yeah. number of a man and uh it's history there's there was no symbol of david there's nothing in the bible that talks about it but there is something about the star of remphan uh, that stephen accused israel of you carried the tabernacles of moloch and remphan and cayun all are different names from different regions of saturn okay so the strange god and the devils are the fallen angels and satan himself is probably saturn you know the adversary yeah, yeah. So I, I, I already mm-hmm. mentioned it before about the, the, the secular Judaism that is promoted today is from the Talmudic rabbinical teachings that include Kabbalah and stuff from Babylon. So you know the influence of satanic occult was there mm-hmm. the whole time they were in captivity in Babylon. So there's, there's always a connection. There's always a tie to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Ecclesiastes, that which is done will be done again. Yeah. So we see here a prophecy of Israel rejecting Christ, the rock or the chief cornerstone. The other gods Israel turned to are still present today. Mm-hmm. And they're like I said evident in the very symbol of modern Israel. In the Star of David, which is no way tied to David. It is the symbol of the false god, uh Cayun, Malek, Saturn, and their religious system today is based on that. So, I you know, it, you need to research it hmm. if you want to know the truth about it. Now, again, this is not a criticism of true Jews of true, and again, I I understand that Jews are still waiting for Messiah and they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but there are a group of Jews all over the world, groups of Jews that are, you could call them Orthodox, whatever you want, Mm -hmm. and and they say that there are Orthodox Jews in Israel that are being manipulated by the Kabbalah teachings and the secular leaders to use them and their faith to want to take the land back to rebuild the temple and this and mm-hmm, that and the other. Mm-hmm. But that temple that all these Christians are waiting and hoping to get rebuilt is a temple that the Antichrist is going to defile. I was just going to ask
1: you that. That's the one he's going to stand in and yeah. de- declare himself to
0: be God? So they don't know what they're asking. They don't know what they're hoping for. And they don't understand. And, and there's even a passage in the Isaiah that says, um, "Don't." I'm paraphrasing, but it says, okay. Hey, don't, uh, don't be happy, Palestine. That the uh, Assyrian oppressor is gone because out of his root is going to come a fiery flying serpent. Hmm. And it's a reference to the Antichrist, who incidentally is going to claim to be Jewish. Hmm. You know, and have Syrian ties, too. So anyway, you've got to get in those scriptures, folks. You have got to study this stuff out. You feel
1: pretty confident that he's going to be a
0: Jewish or
1: claim to be Jewish? Oh, yeah. It would seem to make sense because... He's, well how's gonna can he make a covenant his, with with? Uh, with Israel? Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna claim to be the the second coming of the Messiah, right? Yeah, he so, will claim to be Messiah, yeah, so he would have to be. He, yeah, it can't be a Muslim. Yeah. Because the Jewish nation would never follow a Muslim, I exactly. don't think. Exactly.
0: Huh. So it's it's all part of the deception that Satan has placed through the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're looking at modern day Pharisees. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah, same yeah. Christ rejecting Pharisees that crucified him. The same generation of vipers, he said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He wasn't talking about those people would not physically die. He's talking about the serpent generation would not pass Mm. till all these things be fulfilled. So now that we have that understanding, we go to verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and has forgotten God that formed thee. Now that's the third time the rock was mentioned Mm -hmm. in the song. And again and again, Moses warns them of rejecting the rock of their salvation. My belief is this is the main transgression which the Lord is waiting for them to acknowledge before he will consider them his people again. So this idea that they're God's chosen people because they're Jews, that's that's not true. They're going to be those who turn from transgression. Mm -hmm. So let's go to Romans chapter 9, because we have to visit this. This is that third rail that nobody wants to talk about. Romans 9, Paul writes in verse 30, What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, non-Jews, which followed not after righteousness, because they didn't have a connection to God and the law and whatever, they have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, they had the law, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, or I could say, why not? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, the works of the law. They turned the law into a system of works. The traditions of your fathers and stuff is what Mm -hmm. they, Christ rebuked those things. He says, for they stumbled at, and here it is, that stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And so Christ is the rock. Mm -hmm. He was there. He was the pillar of fire and the pillar of the cloud, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the rock that followed them. Paul said so in 1 Corinthians. So they forsook him, they rejected him, or lightly esteemed him. And it's the stone the builders rejected. Here they were. The leaders were the builders. They're building the nation. And they were supposed to uh, cultivate a tree that brought forth fruit, the figs. And mm-hmm. Christ came to the fig tree, and there was no fruit on it. So he cursed the fig tree, and it died. Mm-hmm. And withered up. Mm-hmm. And he said, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth and forever. And, and that, he was cursing that nation because of the generation that they were, the generation of sinners. Yeah. Another interesting thing, John, is that he later says in Matthew 24 about the second coming and all the stuff where time of Jacob's trouble and the Antichrist and everything. He says, when you see the fig tree shoot forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So shall it be. You'll know that the time is near. So something about the fig tree factors into all this.
1: But the fig tree is Israel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and, what what would you translate that as meaning? That if Israel starts turning I to think, the fact that Jesus was the Messiah?
0: Yeah. Well, so openly? the fig tree has to bear fruit. Yeah. So Christ told a, a parable where he said, uh, I came these three years looking for fruit and found none mm-hmm. on this fig tree. Cut it down. Why, why let it take up my room in my garden? Yeah. Cut it down. And the dresser of the vineyard said, leave it alone this year also. Let me dung it and dig about it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to treat you and know, prune it, mm-hmm. whatever. And if it bears fruit, great. If not, then cut it down. And that was a reference in that parable of Luke uh, chapter 11, I think. Um, I'm probably wrong in the chapter 13. Okay. Uh, and that was a parable where Jesus was saying, I had a three and a half year ministry in Israel. I couldn't find fruit. Justice, mercy, yeah. Righteousness. I found a nation led by a generation of vipers. Mm-hmm. I found a faithless and perverse generation. So they killed him, they crucified him, and then instead of destroying the nation right then, and ending any connection with them and God, he filled the 12 up at Pentecost with the Holy Spirit, because he said, I'll baptize them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Okay. And they were empowered to go preach, and they did for the rest of that year. Jesus Christ was crucified on Passover. It was the 14th day of the first month of the year. Not January 14th, but the beginning of the Jewish year. Yeah. Okay, March or April or whenever. By the time of the harvest of that year, the end of the year, they killed Stephen, one of of the, um, the men appointed by the apostles. And they stoned him to death. And then the next thing you see is Saul of Tarsus getting saved. Mm-hmm. and being called out to be Paul. And Saul and go was to the one
1: holding the coats, right? Yeah, they're yeah, they're right. Him. That's right,
0: exactly right. He was there. He was guilty <clears throat> yeah. of his death, uh, consenting to it. So God chose him to go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. That's the point at which God hid his face. Christ returned to, I will return to my place, and then until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. Mm-hmm. So the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, the, the, the ending of Israel being God's people and becoming low am I, in my opinion, was the stoning of Stephen. Interesting. And then the, the God switched his attention to saving the Gentiles.
1: Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about.
0: That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To
1: subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com.
0: Thanks. And he's done so for 2,000 years. I don't think you're going to see an overlapping of Israel being God's people and the church, the body of Christ, being God's people. You're going to see the removal of the church and then Israel turning to God. It only makes sense. And therefore, they are going to have to turn and acknowledge they rejected the rock before he will acknowledge them. That's the criteria. If that's what caused him to hide his face from them, then why would he change that and start blessing them when they're still in denial of Jesus Christ?
1: Does the stoning of Paul tie into any of that? No. No. No, okay.
0: No, other than the fact that the same generation of vipers, Jews, that didn't Did believe in Jesus, they stoned Paul.
1: I, I read a, just recently in Acts about that, what happened to Paul, and it says that they dragged him out of the city. So they thought he was dead, right? Yeah. He'd been beat up that bad. They, they left him th- for dead, yeah. And then the apostles walk over and he gets up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this guy was just like stoned. I know, uh, and then he gets back up. That's it, and that's it, miraculous. It
0: is miraculous, and in my opinion, I believe that's when he experienced the caught up to the third heaven,
1: hmm.
0: when he was stoned and left for dead, mm-hmm. and then he came back. So imagine, you've just been stoned to death. Imagine the broken bones and oh, the bruised body. Could not the imagine. concussion, not horrible, whatever? That is, oh, yeah, the disfigurement, and then you go to be with the Lord and you see glory and the throne of God. And so you're you experiencing think he pure di- he joy.
1: Died, went to heaven, and came I, I back. Do. Yeah. I Is do. there a reference to that in the scripture?
0: He says such a one caught up under the third heaven in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Oh, I
1: hadn't gotten there. I was reading yeah. in Acts. So. Yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he ties hmm. in it. He says, I knew a man in Christ about fourteen years ago, and it ties into the time when he was at Lister and Derby. Hmm. So it, it could have been another time, but I think he died, experienced the rapture, and the Lord sent him back. So imagine going back to that body.
1: Oh yeah. That'd be terrible,
0: (laughs) and and the amount of faith it would take for you to continue on Mm -hmm. in that circumstance in that condition. You know, we talked about the name it and claim it stuff last time, and and could Paul name and claim healing in the name of Jesus and no longer have aches and pains and broken bones after being stoned, or for that matter, why didn't he just name and claim that the people that stoned him would just disappear? Yeah, there's a disconnect there. There's a people. There are people that. Name and claim healing over you in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, and they've got knee surgery scheduled a week from today. Hmm. I, I don't get that. The, yeah. the, the person praying over you, naming and claiming your healing and deliverance, make sense. has a surgery scheduled.
1: Why don't they for, just. <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking of this guy, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland.
0: Yeah, and, and, and millions of followers. Oh yeah, or thousands, or whatever it is. I'm sure millions. So I'm just saying that that's a satanic spirit too, to mm-hmm. to deceive people into thinking they they can claim something that doesn't belong to them, you know, and name it as though they have control over the power God gave them, you know. Now you you have control over the gifts the Lord gave you to to serve Him, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, even Christ, when the devil said, "Command these stones to be turned into bread," he said, "I don't don't tempt the Lord your God." Mm-hmm. So, I, I think there's a lot of uh, infantile thinking in the church today hmm. because these things aren't being taught. Yeah. Um, now, back to Deuteronomy 32. <clears> okay. <throat> verse 19. I, I sidetracked like, that uh, whole thing
1: with my questions. I love it.
0: I love it because, you know, it's it's like I said, you're asking questions that people are thinking, you know. And when the Lord saw it, saw them rejecting the rock, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. Over and over again, the scripture says that. How many times does God have to say it before we acknowledge he's hiding his face from Israel?
1: Yeah.
0: Waiting for them to acknowledge their offense. When, are they get, when did the national secular Zionist movement acknowledge their offense of Jesus Christ? And God started blessing them because they're supporting the truth about Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. It hasn't happened. happened. Yeah. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. This is God talking about his people. Mm -hmm. If he can say it, so can I. Mm -hmm. Not that I I don't have authority to say it, he does. But I can quote him to point out a truth about them. And once again, we've said it before, but I'll read it again. I will go, Hosea 5.15, I will go and return to my place till... They acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, will they seek me early. Okay. He's hiding his face from them, waiting for them to acknowledge their offense. When did he? They, they do this? If they're his people again and God's blessing them, show me the date when the nation turned and sought his face and, and made their confession. Daniel realizes at some point while they're in captivity in Babylon, they were carried away because of their sin. And in Daniel chapter 9, he makes a confession for himself and the people of Israel. And he goes through this whole thing about what we did wrong. We've sinned. We turned against you. Mm-hmm. We did this. We did that. And then God sends an angel to him and gives him the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel. Okay. So it's like the moment, and I say the moment, it took 21 days he says, from the time you made your confession till I got here was 21 days, but the prince of Persia withstood me.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, and he had to fight with him, and Michael had to come help him. So he breaks through, he gets down to Daniel, gives him the scripture, and he tells him about the 70 weeks. Um, there's something in all that. There's a picture in all that. Mm-hmm. As if to say that if Israel will make their confession, then the Lord's going to start talking to them again. And he'll probably send an angel to somebody. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to at least send the two witnesses Mm -hmm. that we talked about. Yeah. And he's going to start dealing with them again. But until they acknowledge their offense and seek his face. And then the next verse says, in their affliction, they will seek me early. In their affliction, they will seek me early. What affliction? Is it just persecution all over the world? Because Jews have been persecuted forever, for 2,000 years. But were, were they seeking him? they're looking for the wrong God because they're still waiting for Messiah. Yeah. So I will come to those, the Redeemer shall come to Zion to those that turn from transgression. Isaiah 59, 20, he's still waiting. You huh. know. And by the way, this is going to shake the world of a lot of believers. 1 John 1, 9, they can all quote it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you realize that passage is talking about the national salvation confession of Israel and not your day-to-day sins? Okay. John right. writes to Israel in the time of tribulation. Your sins have been forgiven. Paul says we have been forgiven all trespasses. Mm-hmm. You don't need to confess your sins to receive forgiveness. Israel does. That is a huge wow. yeah. thing for people to understand. Glorious day when I finally saw that that verse puzzles so many. Yeah. You know, and he goes on to so say, if we say that we have no sin, we uh, deceive ourselves and we're made a liar. He's talking about the nation. The nation does not think that their sin was the rejection of Jesus Christ. Hmm. To this day, John Hagee preaches and says, Israel, ne- Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah to the Jewish people. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's... He absolutely said he was yeah. the son of God. And he proved it by his signs and his wonders. The nation rejected Christ. They rejected the rock. You know why he preaches that? So people will send money to Israel. Because he is a financial conduit of funds from Mm, Christians to the nation Israel. It's satanic. He is part of the generation of vipers. I don't care if he's saved or not. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you. So now I'm going to get a lot of letters from Hagee people, but you
1: know. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of them out there.
0: Truth is the truth. And isn't it ironic? You know what he calls his church? Oh, I mean, I know it's called Cornerstone, but what? Oh, Cornerstone, okay. yeah. the Rock. Yeah. He claims they never rejected the Rock. God said they did. Hmm. He builds the foundation of his church on the name of the Rock that the Jewish people still reject, and he claims they never rejected it. That's the irony. That's how the satanic global elites work. Mm-hmm. They twist and distort the truth. So it is my belief that the confession must occur before deliverance from the battle of Gog can take place, if mm. Gog is, in okay. fact, going to be the, the affliction. It could be something else, and it may be that what's going on currently is going to turn to that affliction. Like we've already said, it could be that this move on the part of Israel against the Palestinian people might turn the world against Jews worldwide.
1: It's looking that way. And they're
0: going to suffer as a result of a Zionist regime yeah that they had nothing to do with. Yeah. Now, they might support it, but like we talked about the true Torah Jews, a lot of them don't.
1: It's getting more and more common what we're seeing, people being yep. people Jewish people being attacked around the globe. Yeah. United States, Russia, you name it.
0: And on the other hand, you've got the people that um, will dare say, I think we need to uh, cease fire. I think we need to save these kids in and, and Palestine and help people. And you're you're anti-Semitic, you know, you're anti-Jew or whatever, just, just because you believe that innocent children shouldn't be killed. Yeah. And that's that's where the media, the, the right wing media is filled with that stuff oh, right yeah. now. I yeah. mean, you name it, all of them. Fox News, mm-hmm. um, uh, One America, Gateway Pundit, Breitbart. These are all funded hmm. by Jewish, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the um, Mossad has its fingers in as much stuff as the CIA does when it comes to media sure. propaganda, yeah. you know. And by the way, I think they were absolutely not caught off guard when Hamas breached that fence and attacked think, that party. I think they
1: probably helped set it up.
0: They, they did. Yeah. They knew what was happening because a, a, a Israel and the United States created Hamas yeah. and funded them to replace the PLO. You've, folks, you've got to go look at the history of this stuff and stop buying the propaganda and the, and mm-hmm. the party line stuff. You know. Anyway, I'm going to move on. So Ezekiel 39, I mentioned Gog, uh, the Battle of Gog. Uh-huh. Now, once again, I'm going to always give credit to Brother Ryan for pointing this out to me, Ryan Peterson, but... Uh, Ezekiel 38 39 always kind of threw me off because um, it gives this coalition of nations in chapter 38 and talks about them attacking Israel, the land brought back from the sword, living uh, peacefully mm-hmm. without walls. Well, Israel's not living peacefully without walls today. Yeah. So I'm thinking, how could that be that he would attack them that way when that's not even lived? That isn't even the experience they have right now. So Ryan pointed out, no, the 39 comes before 38 in chronology. Okay. So chapter 38 is Gog invading at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, and we know that's Revelation 21. Okay. Where after a thousand years of peace and prosperity, yes, they would be living in unwalled villages because Jesus mm-hmm. Christ is the king in Jerusalem, and mm-hmm. there's nothing to fear. Uh, and that's when this uh, the devil is loose from the bottomless pit, a little season, and he gathers an army together, and that's Gog. hmm But in 39, it appears to be uh, an attack on Israel that precipitates the seven years of tribulation. comes before. So we're going to read this passage in Ezekiel 39, starting in verse 23, with the understanding that this passage is related to before the time of tribulation begins. So God's going to deliver them from this attack. Okay. Okay. It's not coming from Palestine. It's Gog okay. and his bands, the bands that are with him. It says in verse 23, And the heathen shall know, the Gentiles, the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them. How many times have we heard it? Mm-hmm. You know, and gave them into the hand of their enemies so fell they all by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and will have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that they have borne their shame and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwelt safely in their land and none made them afraid he's talking about before you know in the past mm-hmm. when i have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies lands and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations then shall they know that i am the lord their god which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen but i have gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them any more there The majority of the Jews in the world don't live in Israel. Hmm. Did they all get left behind? Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. If they seek the Lord in their affliction, it might be this invasion of Gog and from Magog. The founding of modern Zionist Israel was not... They
1: got their fingerprints all over human history.
0: yeah. (laughs) Ralsh which means red shield. Yeah. It was a secular, not a religious uh, political movement in nature. What wasn't a confession. I don't believe God has yet acknowledged his people. Huh. There are Jewish people around the world today that I believe are going to end up being mm-hmm. his people. Uh, and But they're going to be the ones that make their confession. Now, here's the thing that I wonder about. Deuteronomy 32, back to the Song of Moses. And this will kind of lead us to a conclusion today. Uh, In verse um, 21, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God, Uh because they worshiped other gods. The fallen angels, Satan, Saturn, whatever. They provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Now, is it possible the foolish nation that provokes Israel to anger is the current secular leadership in Israel? Um, sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know that it is. Yeah. The church is not a nation. See, I grew up believing that when Paul got <laughs> saved and he went to the Gentiles, that was the provoking of Israel to anger. But Gentiles aren't a nation. There we're many nations. Yeah. He said, I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. And so Gentiles or the church, the the Gentiles that believed became the church, part of the church. And while they're not a nation, they were intended to provoke Israel to jealousy for salvation. So Paul said as much in Romans 10. Let's read that just so we'll get that clear. Romans 10 verse 18 says, But I say, have they not heard? He's talking about Israel. Have they not Mm -hmm. heard God's truth? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world, meaning the sound of the truth, the sound okay. of the message of grace. Now watch this. But I say, did not Israel know? Didn't, didn't they know? First, Moses saith, now watch this, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. He's signing the song of Moses. Yeah. Paul is literally quoting from it. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. That's the church, Gentiles. We weren't seeking him. He sought us. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. So who is the foolish nation? Which nation among the Gentiles did God use to provoke Israel to anger? And could it be? It's the current Israel. Hmm, That's interesting. That's causing Jews around the world to get angry at Zionism because it's provoking people to start persecuting Mm -hmm. them and anti-Semitism. It makes me wonder. And maybe that's the affliction that's going to cause them to make their confession. Wow. Kind of a yeah kind of a, a different way to look at it. And I don't know who the foolish nation is. I can't I'm not sing here telling you it is Israel. But wouldn't it be interesting if they're the, the imposters? Wow. You know? Another mystery. Yeah. So going to the next portion of the uh of the song. He says in verse 22, for a fire is kindled in my anger. And I want now for us to focus on God's words here about just how angry he is at his people for what they did. For a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with their increase. Imagine learning this as a song, John. (laughs) The song of Moses that he had to teach to the people. "...and set on fire the foundations of the mountains, I will heap mischiefs upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, and devoured with burning heat, and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them, with the poison of serpents of the dust, which could also be Nephilim leaders. The sword without, and terror within, shall destroy both the young man and the virgin." the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. In other words, young and old. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them. And I'm going to to scroll down to see the rest of this. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. And what that means is he's saying, I would... Blot them out so they no nobody would even remember Israel. I would do that if it weren't for the fact that Satan would claim I did it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: hmm. and because he 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 made a promise that he would restore them. Yeah. So that's a fascinating thought to imagine that kind of words spoken against this nation, and as the church we ignore this and say. I mean, if anything, this should light a fire on Christians to want to reach Jewish people for Christ. I mean, like we should yeah. be—you're not even allowed to preach Christianity in Israel right now. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. You can't. And if a Jewish person in Israel converts to Judaism, they have a uh, converts to Christianity. They have a funeral for him, the family. Wow. Is you're not my son or my daughter? You know, they they consider you, uh, you know, and that's that's from rabbinical. Teachings. They, mm. You ostracize them, you put them out of the synagogue. They cannot be a part of it, you know. And uh, it's pretty strict. Yeah. It's pretty strict. Um, look in uh, verse 28. For they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. So to close today, John, not until Israel considers their latter end are they going to understand what Mm -hmm. happened. It's going to take more than just forming a political group in 1948, I think. There's no way the Lord is behind the extermination and oppression of the Palestinians that Israel is fomenting. God would be unrighteous to condone what is happening today Hmm. in light of what he said about his people and how his anger was burning to the lowest hell. And he's waiting. He's he's allowed them to be tormented and 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 oppressed and everything all these centuries, two thousand years. Which reminds me that um, in uh, the verse that responds to, and I I didn't put this in the in the outline, but I'm going to read it. Hosea chapter five verse fifteen is where we said that I will go and return to my place Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until they acknowledge their offense. So God waits for their acknowledgment. Chapter 6, the next verse, 1, is their reply. And this is Israel, and they say, Come, and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. If we go back to the Lord and accept the rock, he'll heal us. Mm -hmm. He'll bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Israel's is going to live in His sight after they make their confession after two days. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Could the 2,000 years of the dispensation of grace in which Paul was sent to preach to the Gentiles and God is hiding his face from Israel, is that the time when God will acknowledge them as his people again after two days? It's going to take the fulfillment of those 2,000 years before so we're closing in on that. Yeah. If the chronology
1: is went, that is that from the birth of Christ or the crucifixion of
0: Christ? The let's let's say crucifixion the crucifixion. AD 32. AD 30 or 30. 29 depending on or you know, okay. or, excuse me, AD 33 or AD 30 depending on when you want to start the clock, the calendar. Okay. So in other words, Jesus Christ was 30 years old when he was, uh, 33 years old when he was crucified. He began his ministry at 30. So we have to assume then since the calendar reversed at his birth, BC AD, Mm -hmm. right? So was he born in the year zero? (laughs) Okay. Moving up to 33? Or was he born in like 29 B.C. or whatever, you know, uh, or or something like that. So 4 B.C., excuse me. So uh, it just depends on when you start the calendar, and I'm not sure what is the accurate one. But let's just say for the simplicity and the sake of argument that he was born in zero. Okay. So when he died at 33 years old, it was A.D. 33. Okay. Okay, so let's just say that. Uh, I don't care if you want to say it's A.D. 30, that's fine with me. If, if you want to start the clock at 4 B.C., that's fine with me.
1: But you're adding the 2,000 years from what you just read. So if you that. add
0: 2,000 years to either one of that, you either come to 2030 or 2033.
1: Mm-hmm. Agenda, agenda 2030. 2030, yeah.
0: Which, in my mind, this is my opinion, <clears throat> if he comes back in AD 33, because it's 2,000 years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then Agenda 2030 would be the middle of the week of the seven years, which means the seven years would start in 2027, so, Yeah, which means the rapture would yeah, sure, have to be yeah. before that.
1: So, and it doesn't mean that the rapture <clears throat> triggers it. It just means that the rapture happened. Because the rapture could happen a year before that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we don't even know. Or it could be yeah. whatever. We don't know.
0: Yeah. So I, the way I see it is the rapture would happen, and then immediately, probably, war is going to start in heaven between Michael and the angels mm-hmm. and the dragon and his angels. Because I think when we go up to meet the Lord in the clouds, we just break through enemy lines and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And they engage in the battle.
1: Fascinating.
0: Then, yeah, then you'll have all hell breaking loose on the earth. But uh, it's so we don't know the year; we have no idea. But if we if we just take the two thousand year formula and mm-hmm. the two days, my point is, I don't think Israel is going to be recognized as God's people again until twenty thirty,
1: mm-hmm. or twenty
0: twenty seven, or somewhere in that range, when um, when they're going to make their confession. So that tells me that. Here we are in 2024, so we're three years away from potentially Israel making their confession. Is the affliction in which they'll seek him early about to start, or has it already started? Mm-hmm. Something to think about.
1: We could just be
0: seeing the beginnings,
1: the very beginnings of it. I think we are. Yeah.
0: And so next week, Lord willing, <laughs> we are going to go into the fourth installment of the Song of Moses. We'll bring it to a conclusion, the coda. And we'll see God's restoration once they make their confession. He's going to restore them, and then we'll see. They'll know from that day forward that I'm their God and they're my people. A lot of, a lot of information here, Scott. Uh, we start selling these as box sets. <laughs> I probably <laughs> should buy a book on the, the song. Yeah. is, you know, uh, that, that should probably be, or somebody maybe already did, but uh, it would be a good one. But um, you know, it would probably be banned. Well, just yeah. saying, by, by, certainly eschewed by the evangelical Christian community that mm-hmm. supports Israel, sight unseen, yeah. uh, without question. But I would encourage you to question everything. Uh, remember, we are not against the Jewish people or the people of God. I'm not against anybody except Satan and his angels mm-hmm. and, and falsehoods uh, and the satanic global elites. But if the shoe fits, it fits. Yeah, you know. yeah. So thank you, John. Hey, thanks for having me again. I hope I was able to keep you awake after lunch. I, I derailed the
1: podcast two only <laughs> twice on this one. Do you keep tabs? I'm like sometimes I, hard Sometimes you're talking, and it's like a random thought enters my head, and I'm like, I'm going to ask a question about that. <laughs> but like you said, hey, maybe somebody's thinking that same thing. I, I truly believe it. <laughs> so. You know, if
0: if God uh, gave me the gift to put a presentation together and explain things then uh, the gift he certainly has given you as a co-host for me is to be that person. Yeah. To ask those questions that are probably on the minds. Because, you know, I'm so focused on what I'm saying. I'm not thinking about, I wonder if people are asking this, but you are. So thank you. Well, look, I I
1: pray about it on the (laughs) way over. I do really pray about it and I say, hey give me the, a good question that somebody out there wants to hear. Yeah, good. And on the flip side, help me not to say anything completely stupid where <laughs> where I, well, I ruin something, right? But it, and it seems to always work out.
0: <laughs> I don't think you say anything stupid. And and quite frankly, when if you say something that is like scripturally inaccurate, if anybody says that for that matter, you're you're, it's a it's a sincere question. You're not saying, "Hey, this is what it yeah. says." You're saying, "Doesn't it say?" And and if we can go in and find the scripture to make the correction, then we all learn from it. And you're not the only one that might have that misconception. No. And I've had them too. You know, I don't think you ever get to the point where you know it all. You know, we're we're always going to challenge our doctrine mm-hmm. by the Word of God, hopefully, and be honest about it, and um, and and challenge. What we believe with the Word of well, God. you do
1: it? I mean, you go, "Hey, I used to think this way, and I've since changed my my thinking here." Yeah. yeah.
0: And usually, when you do that, you'll find that the people that previously agreed with you uh, will eschew you from that point. Because I've been ostracized from groups. Yeah. Because I changed. Because I corrected what I thought was bad doctrine, and always become a heretic. And and I don't I don't feel have ill will towards these people that do that at all. I just feel like they they are not ready to see it yet. If, if mm-hmm. I've seen something that's true that was false in the past, uh, or I taught falsely in the past, and God's shown it to me, I only saw it because I was ready to, and the Lord's mm-hmm. ready to show it to me. So you can't fault a person who's not ready to see it because it's not their time. Mm-hmm. You know, And if when they see it, they'll see it. And it's almost like the Lord's waiting on Israel to make their confession. It's like we always say, once you see it, though, you can't unsee yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I feel about this. Well, thank you guys for tuning in again. And uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your prayers. Maybe say a special prayer for John and I as we preach these topics because they're hard to to confront and the world doesn't like it. So uh, we pray for a protection of covering from Satan over this. But we want the truth to be known. So we appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. And don't forget to look up for our redemption draws in here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.